hearts in prayer. Avinu Malkinu, our Father and our King, we come before you today, Lord, truly thankful. Lord, our hearts are truly overwhelmed by your graciousness toward us. Abba, that we are mere dust of the earth, and Lord, yet you look upon us with favor and compassion. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, that you would change our lives through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. Lord, that you would enable us to walk in your ways, that we would truly live a happier life in you. And I ask if Hashem Yeshua Mishikenu and God's people said, Amen. Today's uh, message is going to be a, a series of messages, and it's entitled Gratitude, Pathway to a Happier Life. How many of us want a happier life? Well, we're going to see in the scriptures that um, this principle of gratitude helps us to live a happier life. There's a story, maybe an urban legend, but full of truth, nonetheless, concerning the famous violinist Yitzhak Perlman. You ever heard of him? One evening, Perlman was in New York to give a concert. As a child, he had been stricken with polio, and getting on stage is no small feat for him. He wears braces on both legs and walks with two crutches. Paul Perlman crossed the stage painfully slowly until he reached the chair in which he seated himself to play. As soon as he appeared on stage that night, the audience applauded and then waited respectfully as he made his way slowly across the stage. He took his seat, signaled to the conductor, and began to play. No sooner had he finished the first few bars than one of the strings on his violin snapped with a report like a gunshot. At that point, Palmer was close enough to the beginning of the piece that it would have been reasonable to bring the concert to a halt while he replaced the string and began again. But that's not what he did. He waited a moment and then signaled the conductor to pick up just where they had left off. Perlman now had only three strings with which to play his solo part. He was able to find some of the missing notes on adjoining strings, but where that wasn't possible, he had to rearrange the music on the spot in his head so that the whole piece held together. He played with passion and artistry, spontaneously rearranging the symphony right through to the end. When he finally rested his bow, the audience sat for a moment in stunned silence. And then they arose to their feet and cheered, cheered wildly. They knew they had been witness to an extraordinary display of human skill and ingenuity. Perlman raised his bow to signal for quiet. You know, he said, sometimes it is the artist's task to find out how much beautiful music you can still make with what you have left. We have to wonder, was he speaking of his violin strings or of his crippled body? And is it true only for artists? We are all lacking something, are we not? And so we are all challenged to answer this question. Do we have the attitude of making something of beauty out of what we do not have, incomplete as it may be? That's the attitude behind gratitude. So often we look to what we don't have and complain. But to make out of what we do have 
a beautiful piece of music, whether it be literally a piece of music or the music of our life. The Hebrew term for gratitude is hikarat hatov, which means literally recognizing the good. Practicing gratitude means recognizing the good that is already yours. You know, we have become masters at recognizing the bad, and I want to challenge you today that we would become masters of recognizing the good. So the gratitude that we need to have toward God and toward all that he's done for us would shine forth. Recently, scientists have begun to chart, now this is amazing, a course of research aimed at understanding gratitude and the circumstances in which it flourishes or diminishes. They're finding that people who practice gratitude consistently report a host of benefits, like stronger immune systems and lower blood pressure. We should have a a slide on that. Yeah, there we go. Higher levels of positive emotions, more joy, optimism, and happiness, acting with more generosity and compassion, feeling less lonely and isolated. That's why the Greater Good Science Center at the University of California, Berkeley, in collaboration with the University of California, Davis, launched the multi-year project expanding the science and practice of gratitude. Isn't that incredible? A major university is studying the scientific results of practicing gratitude. Now, we did not need science to tell us what the scriptures have told mankind for thousands of years, right? This, however, does speak to the fact that science is actually not ahead of the curve or on the cutting edge, but rather behind the curve, right? It is God who is not only ahead of the curve, but sees the whole course of our lives from beginning until end and instructs us accordingly. We would be wise to consider what the scriptures have to say on this topic, because if science is finding it out only thousands of years too late, how much more should we as believers get that principle of gratitude ingrained in our spirits? So if the scriptures speak about being grateful people, and even modern science confirms that a grateful attitude will have a positive impact on our lives, it will behoove us to make every effort to become people of gratitude. Amen? We will be taking, talking about gratitude, pathway to a happier life, and since it is a pathway, it means it can be followed, and it is up to you and I to do exactly that, that we need to put effort. Say effort. I want to tell you, circle effort in your mind and in your spirit. Effort is the missing ingredient, okay, that makes the difference for believers either being successful and happy in life or being miserable in life. I want to tell you, everything that God has given us in the word of God to benefit our lives requires effort. Say effort. Effort means it's going to take energy. It's going to take resources. It's going to take time. Effort. Joy Williams said, Gratitude is the attitude of a grateful heart. 
listen to me, and thank you is its language. Thank you communicates value to God and to people for the way they benefit our lives. I don't know if you noticed, but we spend a lot of our time in worship with music thanking God. Specifically, why? Because getting used to saying thank you to God is a powerful, powerful thing. It moves the heart of God. But I want to tell you, just like thanking him moves his heart, so does kvetching and complaining. Right? We could see that the kvetching and complaining of our people Israel in the wilderness wanderings did not please God's heart. But a heart attitude of gratitude absolutely does. Who wants to please God today? In contrast, someone said, grumbling depletes me. But gratitude empowers me. Wow. I believe the empowerment comes because God wants us to lead a life of thank you. Today we're going to look at what it takes to have a grateful heart, one that is thankful to God and to people. Tehillim 107, look what it says. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Read that with me. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. That's a powerful verse. You should meditate on that this week as we approach a national day of thanksgiving to meditate on that verse so that we would be people of thanks. So let let us learn to speak the language of thank you by first understanding that gratitude needs no special occasion. Sometimes we think that gratitude and saying thank you to God or to people requires some good fortune to befall us. When we think of gratitude, we often think of blessings or of special occasions like a wedding or the birth of a child. Within Judaism, we know there are blessings, actually over a hundred daily blessings over everything in life from big to small. Even receiving a cup of water is something to be grateful for and for which we can say thank you. Someone, someone wrote about this. Isn't the Jewish day jam-packed with thank yous? The first words we utter when waking in the morning express our thanks to God. Three times daily during the course of prayer, we thank God for everything imaginable. Before and after eating, we thank God for the food. There is even a blessing recited upon exiting the restroom, thanking God for normal bodily functions. This should be the norm because there are so many things in our lives to be thankful for. Sadly, many people, including believers, do not live their lives this way. Yeshua in Mark chapter 9 said this, Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah, will certainly not lose their reward. So God promises to reward those that simply give a cup of water to God's people. 
Such a small thing, a basic act of kindness, is rewarded by God. If God, after all, is thankful for what people do for us, how much more should we be thankful, people in this earth? How many parents, I just want to take a quick survey, you don't have to raise hands, but how many parents love when your kids complain? How many, how many parents love that? How many parents love when your kids complain after you invest your whole entire being into their lives? No one, probably. But yet that seems to be the order of the day. It seems to be the norm in our society. But I want to tell you, it is not the norm in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, we are to be thankful and grateful people. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all. Say all. Circumstances. For this is God's will for you in the Messiah. So to give thanks in every circumstance. There are good circumstances, there are bad circumstances, and there are benign circumstances. But God says to give thanks in every circumstance. Sooner or later in life, you are all going to have to understand that the answer does not come in two or three steps, says one writer. Usually it takes 50 steps or more. And that's just for the simple ones. And if you're going to be so impatient that you cannot appreciate each and every step, you will never really learn. And you will never be able to appreciate how beautiful each part is. What is that writer saying? That writer is saying simply, enjoy the journey. I tell you, we spend too, far too much of our life complaining about our current situation and we lose the joy of the journey of life. Hey, yeah, life is filled with ups and downs, challenges and trials and struggles, but it's also filled with reward and the goodness of God and his favor and grace upon our lives. If we only look at every challenge and struggle, we will never appreciate and enjoy the journey. There's a special blessing to be said after surviving danger, according to Jewish tradition. One who has been sick or in another perilous situation will come to the synagogue and say a blessing of gratitude at the Torah. In temple times, they'd also bring a korban todah or a thanksgiving offering to show their appreciation to God for saving them from danger. We make this public affirmation of thanks because when you've nearly lost everything, you know how much you have to be grateful for. And you wish to openly show your appreciation to God for his gifts and his miracles. See, it's not only in the great times, in the weddings, in the bar mitzvahs. It's also in the challenging times. It is truly learning the language of thank you. 
not only for the big and noticeable blessings, but even when difficulties arise and we don't understand why. God is worthy of thanksgiving, and those that help us in every small way deserve our thanks. I want to tell you, if we learn that language of saying thank you to people, it'll serve us well. Too often we take for granted, children take parents for granted, and even parents take children for granted. To say thank you for your kindness, for your cooperation goes a long way. The next thing we should understand about giving thanks is that we must be intentional. Like many things in our walk with Adonai, we need to understand that giving thanks should not be based on how we feel. We give thanks based on who God is and what he has done. We acknowledge him as creator and master of the universe and we thank him for that. As the savior and redeemer of mankind and for his intrinsic goodness, we thank him. We do not have to necessarily feel anything, okay, to practice the language of thank you to God and others. How many of us have been in a really low time, but yet as you go about your day and maybe you do a little business with a local merchant and they give you change and you say, thank you. You're not feeling particularly great, but you say, thank you. Same is true with God. We think that we have to be bubbling over with joy all the time to be able to praise God. And matter of fact, the enemy of our souls would like to make us feel like hypocrites. If we give praise to God and perhaps we're not doing all that great. I want to tell you that's not hypocrisy at all. It's the language of thank you because God is deserving of our gratefulness. Amen? And you know what inevitably happens? Our feelings catch up with our actions. We begin to thank God and praise God and be grateful to God. And guess what? Eventually our feelings will catch up with that. Someone wrote, many of us wait to feel grateful before we say thank you to someone or to make time to pray. But like growing and learning, gratitude won't happen on its own. It needs to be intentionally planned. This is why the Torah teaches us to pray even when we aren't particularly inspired. To say thank you even when we aren't necessarily in a good mood. We can work to create that feeling of gratitude. Searching for the blessings in our lives can make them clearer to us on hard days. I want to tell, tell you that you are blessed. There's not a one person in this room that is not blessed of God. Okay? And we need to focus on that. And when we focus on that, we will have an easier time of giving thanks. David Tackle said this, Being deliberate or intentional implies that we make time for focused attention and do it persistently. We must apply our entire being to the task of engagement for a period of time and do it often enough to maintain some continuity to our efforts. In other words, what he's saying, let's translate that, consistency in doing the right thing. Intentionality is also not a single decision that takes care of itself after that. 
It is a decision that must be made every day and every week. In other words, you have to intentionally every day get up and thank God. That's why we could take a lesson from Jewish orthodoxy that gets up in every day a hundred times a day thanking God for various things throughout the day. You think that will serve someone well? Yes, it would. I want you to challenge yourself. A hundred might be trying to run before we crawl, right? Why don't you get up and say, tomorrow, three times a day, God, I'm going to thank you at morning, at noon, and in the evening. That you're going to thank God for what he's done in your life. We can learn from the psalmist, Tehillim 7, says, I will give thanks to the Lord, intentional, because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. That is being intentional. When you came to shul today, did you come with that intent? Did you come saying, I will give thanks to God? I will give you thanks in the great assembly among the throngs. I will praise you. That's intentionality. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. I want to tell you, just do it. Give thanks to Adonai. This next one is repeated four times in Tehillim 107. Look what it says. Now, four different times in the one psalm, it says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. It says that four different times in the one psalm. Give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. The psalmist says that repeatedly. Give thanks to the Lord for his wonderful deeds. I always thank my God for you because of God's grace that was given to you in Messiah Yeshua. In this verse, Rav Shaul gives us insight to his lifestyle as he writes, I always thank God because of you. I want to ask you a question. Who do you always thank God for? Answer that. Who in your life do you always thank God for? Do you always thank God for your husband, for your wife? Do you always thank God for your children? Do you always thank God for your co-workers? Do you always thank God for your rabbis? Do you always thank God for your friends? Do you always thank God that you have a job? Do you always thank God that the sun comes up in the morning every day? Do you thank God that you have food to eat and clothes to wear? Do you thank God that you were able to drive here today and not walk? Did you thank God that as you were sitting here in this room today that you were able to inhale and exhale without any effort, without even thinking about it? The life of God went in and out of you. Have you thanked God for that today? 
Did you thank God that you were able to walk into this building under your own power? Do you thank God that you have a sound mind? Have you thanked God today that he sent the Messiah to die on your behalf? Did you thank God that even when we didn't deserve it, Messiah died for us? Did you thank God today? We could see that the people of the Bible were intentional. And we need to be intentional as well. We should take time during the day to thank God. It could be as we're going for a walk or a run or exercising. It could be while we're doing the dishes or working at our job. It could be while we're driving to and from to work that we take a second. How long does it say? Thank you, Lord, for all of your wondrous deeds towards mankind. Thank you, God, for your love and faithfulness toward me. Takes but a second to do. I want to encourage you, when you come to service each week, come to give. Come with the purpose of giving God thanks and praise for who he is and his wonderful kindnesses toward us. I know often we come in needy to the house of God, but I want to tell you something. If we could lose that mindset, understanding that God understands and knows our need, and just come with the attitude of giving to God praise, and worship, and honor, and glory. I have a hunch that he will take care of your need as you focus your attention upon him. Lastly, we are to grow. If we are to grow in this, we must express gratitude. You know, you know sometimes we're like this. Oh, I'm worshiping. We're singing songs and psalms and we're sitting there. Oh, I'm worshiping in my heart. That's fine because it's got to begin in the heart. Absolutely. But God also wants our expression. Judaism gives us the gift of the Siddur, which has the words that we need to verbalize our thoughts. The Torah shows us how to say thank you as soon as we awaken in the morning, throughout the day, right before we go to sleep at night. It's true that we express our faith through our actions, but as It is with our family. We also need to hear words of affirmation, love, grace, and appreciation. So does God. This is vocalizing, expressing our gratitude and thanks toward our God. 
you know what? We can well enough sit and in our heart being grateful, but there is something about us lifting our voice and using words and speaking and singing and expressing our hearts before God. Gratitude is the attitude of a grateful heart, remember, and thank you is its language. And it is a language, and languages aren't merely thought about, they are spoken. Listen to this psalm, Tehillim 100. A psalm for giving thanks. It starts out just like that. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is good. It is he who made us and we are his. We sang that today. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. That's a great psalm. Right off the bat, we learn something. It starts off with a note of instruction about the psalm itself. This is a psalm for giving thanks. The psalm is written for the express purpose of thanking God. And that is how we are to use it. God is saying, this is how you are to thank me. He's telling us how to show our appreciation toward him. So it's not enough to merely read in silence, but rather we are meant to vocalize our thanks. He goes on to say, even to those who are conservative in nature. We're Northeasterners, we're conservative. Praise the Lord. We don't like anything too loud, too boisterous. Well, even to us conservative Northeasters, Northeasterners, um, he says this make a joyful noise to the Lord. Say noise. You might not like noise, but God doesn't mind it. Make a joyful, say it, noise. Unto the Lord. I know what you think. Well, Rabbi, I don't love to sing. I don't sing that well. Make a joyful noise. The key is really, as long as it's joyful, as long as it's thankful and grateful, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Wow. God is good. We learn that we are to make noise to express our thanks to God by lifting up our voices in order to give him glory. That's through his name. Come into his presence, it says, with what? With silence? Come into his presence with singing. Come into his presence with singing. You see, this is just as important as the other things we have looked at. We need to be expressive people. Do you know what? Many a child grows up 
with sometimes strained relations with mothers and fathers because they feel that their parents never expressed their love to them. And how many times have we seen where if you go and talk to the parents, the parents say, oh my goodness, I love my kids so much. I worked hard for the kids. And I, 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 I spent hours and hours working extra so they could be provided for. So it wasn't that there wasn't love for the kids, but that they didn't express that love by vocalizing it toward them, by expressing it with hugs and appreciation. Think about that. The Brit Chadashah picks up on this theme and instructs us, let the word of Messiah dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom. How? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, say singing, with gratitude in your hearts to God. Singing with gratitude toward God. We sing Because singing glorifies God. The scriptures command us to sing. Do you want to know why they command us to sing and why God can command us to sing? It's because he sings over us. Zephaniah 3.17, it says, He will exult over you with loud singing. Other translations say, He will rejoice over you with singing. God rejoices over you with singing. How much more should we come into his presence with singing? One day I was driving to pick up Josiah from the school. Me and my wife were actually in the car. And of course, on 347, there's always traffic. You know, now on Long Island, you can't escape traffic now. It's really bad, isn't it? Like this morning, coming to Shul, man, there's so much traffic. And we were, we were driving to school, and we're stopped at a light, line of traffic. And all of a sudden, I hear this person singing. And I looked over, and there was a young girl, you know, she had piercings, and she had the whole thing going on. And she was belting it out had the radio cranked, and she was belting it out like nobody's beeswax. She was going for it. And I, and I nudged my wife, and I said, you see that? And then she didn't care. Obviously, she's in stop traffic. There's people around. She's going off like uh, she was Adele in concert. Maybe Adele's the wrong one to use. <laughs> but she wasn't afraid to express herself, even with people watching. Yet sometimes as believers, we never express our gratitude to God. We need to be expressive to God and not worry about what people think. After all, God's singing. And actually the Hebrew word gives the connotation that he is spinning and twirling over us. That that's how excited he is about us that we just put a skip in the step of Almighty God. How frequently 
do you think we should express to God our gratitude? Well, let's look. Hebrews, the letter to the Messianic Jews says, through him then let us, say continually, continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. How often? Continually. Once a week? Twice a week? Continually is how often? All the time. And it goes on to say, that is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. Yes, God eagerly awaits our expressions of thanks through the words and the songs that we offer up to him. God delights in our expressions of thank you. So maybe it is a little out of your comfort zone to do what that girl did in the car toward God. I want to encourage you to step out and to begin to express yourself to God in this way and see how it transforms your life. An attitude of gratitude expressing itself in the language of thank you, toda rabah, Adonai. Thank you, God. So let's recap what we've learned about gratitude. It needs no special occasion, right? We must be intentional. That means in our day, just like you're going to intentionally, when you leave here, go find some food. It's not going to find you. You're going to find it. And so am I. Just like you're going to go to do that, intentionally every day give thanks to God. And then lastly, we need to express gratitude by the things that we say and the songs that we sing. I want to close with this. First of all, let me start by saying this. I and Rabbi Carol and our family want to wish your family a really very blessed Thanksgiving day. Thanksgiving is truly an American peculiarity, right? It's peculiar to us. But I want to say that although um, it's unique to our country, it is nonetheless an opportunity to give thanks to the Almighty for his goodness shed upon our lives. And I want to wish your families a really blessed Thanksgiving day. And listen, I mean beyond the cooking, right, and all the work, frankly, that surrounds that day for a lot of families because you got to clean and you got to cook a lot usually and it's taxing but beyond that have a blessed day enjoying your family enjoying your children enjoying your loved ones and most importantly be thankful to God right for his goodness and his graciousness to us and I wanted to close with George Washington's charge concerning the day he said this in 1779, a couple of days ago. In God's sight, it's a couple of days. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. Whereas both the houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me 
to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend next to be devoted by the people of the states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country. That's a powerful statement coming from a president How much more should we make that a reality as believers in the living God? Amen? Let's stand to our feet. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face shine upon you and show you his favor. May Adonai lift up his face toward you and give you his sweet peace. Father, I pray that your favor, your chesed and rachamim, Lord, would rest upon your people this day and this week. Father, that you would bless them exceedingly, abundantly above. All that they ask or imagine, that you would prosper the work of their hands. And Lord, that you would cause fruitfulness to spring forth from their heart and their lives. Father, that you would keep them in health. Lord, that you would protect them. And we ask it all in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Have a great day.